हेलो एंड वेलकम टू आवर पॉडकास्ट लेट्स टॉक क्रिकेट सीजन टू एपिसोड वन आई एम होस्ट फ्रॉम कैलिफोर्निया एंड आई हैव निखिल विथ मी फ्रॉम टोरेंटो वी एंडेड आर सीजन वन जस्ट बिफोर इंडिया सेमीफाइनल लॉस्ट अगेंस्ट न्यूजीलैंड टू बी ऑनेस्ट वी वर वेरी डिसर्टन जस्ट लाइक अदर इंडियन क्रिकेट सपोर्टर्स बट सीजन वन हैज बीन अ ग्रेट जर्नी फॉर अस वी स्टार्टेड आर पॉडकास्ट एक्सपीरियंस एन अमेजिंग आई पी एल सीजन एंड इक्वली गुड वर्ल्ड कप Personally I haven't heard from anybody denying that the World Cup final was the best final ever experienced in the history of cricket. We also experienced a phenomenal Ashes series followed by World Cup final. That being said, we want to start our first episode of season 2 by Ashes wrap up. Ashes series ended with 2-2. But if you look at the series Australia was certainly on top of England and retaining Ashes uh, at England is a huge deal. Now the highlight of the series is definitely that heroic inning by Ben Stokes in third test and make note that Steve Smith was not part of that test. Jofra Archer's debut was phenomenal and one can't forget Steve Smith's runs that he has scored for the entire series. His lowest total was 82 runs in the series. Now I am personally not a big fan of Steve Smith mainly from his technique standpoint of view. His mental ability is definitely out of world. but when it comes to technique uh, my biggest concern is what kind of example are you setting for the young cricketers who, who are watching steve smith batting right so how can you actually follow his technique and methodology to run score because he doesn't know even his own technique and methodology so that is my biggest concern but nikhil what is your thoughts about ashes and what are the key movements for you Hey Anish, hey everybody, it's great to be back on the podcast once again after a long, long break. Uh, the Ashes series surely it didn't disappoint, and uh, finally the series was split too with Australia retaining the Ashes. But uh, I still think that Australia were the better team, like you said, and uh, they should have definitely won the third Test match and gone a three-one. uh as far as steve smith is concerned well he was <laughs> batting like he's from another planet you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah based on his consistency alone i would actually rate him at the top of my list uh, in the fab 4 uh, in test cricket not odi cricket but in test cricket his method is uh, uh, his methodology of batting and you know his technique is a little bit unorthodox but uh, it's what uh, works for him and for uh, australia as far as some of the key moments are concerned during the ashes series i would go right back to the first test when uh, australia were uh, uh, had their backs to the wall at 8422 odd and uh, then like steve smith played that very very uh, long and like fantastic innings of 140 odd that took them to somewhere around 280 odd and that kind of uh, set the tone for the rest of the series for australia after they won that first test we all know what happened in the third test uh, but i would like to point out some of the missed opportunities from australia like there were some catches dropped and some run out opportunities missed and they could have won that test taking nothing away from ben stokes and from the other contributions we should uh, kind of give some credit to pat cummins as well because he did pick up a lot of wickets and from the england side uh, definitely uh, Jofra Archer's debut and uh, of course Stuart Broad he had a fantastic series especially against uh, David Warner it was like his uh, <laughs> money you know <laughs> and uh, 
it was clearly visible that by the time the test series ended you know like both the teams were absolutely exhausted after a grueling world cup uh, where you are you know challenged mentally and it drains you out and then playing another uh, fighter series so hats off to both the teams for putting up a good show and uh, sharing the honors i think uh, one or like basically two counter question that i want to ask you or take your uh, feedback for the ashes series in general one is uh, means i personally feel that england really missed uh, james henderson like if he would mm-hmm. have been part of uh, england side then result could have been different means one of the thing that for sure that steve, he may have actually restricted steve smith uh, and may have been like successful getting his wicket earlier uh, than um, than others another another thing i want to also kind of take your feedback is what do you think about uh, captaincy from team paying uh, do you foresee him being like a permanent test captain moving forward uh, coming back to your first question about uh, james anderson well we all know what kind of a bowler he is and uh, what what has he contributed to english cricket and uh, he was definitely missed and his experience is in those english conditions is very vital and uh, when you come up against a batsman like steve smith you need your best uh, uh, like your bowlers to be at their best to kind of get him out another thing about james anderson is like he uh, you call a, you talk about bowling pairs like bowling as a pack in test cricket so stuart mm-hmm. Moore and james anderson do bowl very well in pairs and uh, i think uh, james anderson not being there might have taken a little bit of a sting out of uh, the england uh, bowling attack and i definitely agree with you that james anderson would have made a difference unfortunately he was uh, injured for uh, the whole ashes series and uh, coming to your next question about tim pains captaincy i think uh, he he did uh, captain pretty well in the ashes uh, except for the third test in the you know in the latter stages when the pressure was on and you know he uh, he kind of opened up the field and gave uh, ben stokes a easy single uh, during the last ball of the overs so he couldn't keep uh, the other batsman the tail ender on strike uh, but overall i think i i was pretty impressed with uh, his uh, captaincy and uh, you know a captain is as good as his team uh, that's what everybody says and uh, they had a really good uh, pack of fast bowlers i would say in this ashes series like uh, hazelwood was br- also brilliant then you had star mm-hmm. coming in for one game then you had uh, yeah, patinson who was in and out uh, just to monitor his workload with uh, and pat comments uh, uh, i think he he kind of tried to uh, uh even out the bowling workload given that it's a five match series and uh, we also knew that in the fifth test everybody was exhausted everybody had niggles and playing through that pain you know just to get through that final test and uh, unfortunately they lost but uh, all in all uh, i think tim pain he did play a couple of uh, good innings as well while he was batting his keeping was uh, good and uh, i think uh, he should at least be given a run at home uh, in this current home series uh, uh, where uh, he's you know he's in his home conditions he knows the things better and he has a uh, uh, he has a crowd behind him just to you know ease him 
up a bit after a very long and hard uh, uh, ashes series so i think at least for the home series uh, he should be the captain and uh, i think they should uh, take it on after that uh, one by one series at a time moving from ashes to world test championship like uh, test mm-hmm. cricket is actually one of my favorite uh, format of the game and i like the fact that icc has taken the initiative to uh, like execute this world test championship which actually took a little yeah. bit longer than expected uh, but mm-hmm. now it is on and i'm really excited about it means there are a couple of things which are kind of uh, questionable which is like the point table how we are calculating the points and not the same number of tests being played between two members and so on uh but i think uh, all in all this is actually a great thing for uh, test cricket one of the thing that i am really excited about this world test championship is like now like each and every test match matters right like sometimes uh, uh, once you actually win the test series you don't pay attention to that last test or, and and so on so yep. that's a, that's another angle to look at it another another thing to focus on is like there are couple of uh, players which we call it now like test specialists we in our indian squad we have punjara we have rahane we have ishan sharma we have ashwin which are more or less kind of your test specialist uh, uh, so for those kind of players like this would be a great platform to showcase their talent and 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 their ability so i think i am really excited about but what's your thought about the world test championship in general well it was uh... long due wasn't it anish to get this championship up and moving they had some broadcasting yep. rights issues so they couldn't started that uh, early on but uh, well it's it's a welcome move and uh, every test series has a context uh, towards accumulating points over the two year cycle and uh, it also uh, in my opinion it provides a lot of motivation to every team putting their best uh, test 11 on the park so that they can win as many test matches as possible be it you are uh, playing against uh, say a side like bangladesh who is going to tour india so i would still expect india to put up a full strength team uh, on the park to get those full points and uh, the other thing that i am a little bit uh, uh, a little bit wary about is the point system like you said you know Uh, so there's a total of 120 points in a series no matter how many tests you play maybe it's 2 3 4 or 5 the maximum points are 120 so there is a little bit of an unfair advantage wherein you play a two test series uh, or a, a five test series like in the ashes compared to india west indies two test series and uh, so it can go either way like you can lose two test matches and get no points but in a five test series you can still have a chance to score mat uh, points in the next test matches after the second one so it can go both ways but i think the icc should kind of look back at it and keep a level playing field like saying hey for example you should have at least a three test series not a two test series to make it more competitive but uh, another rule that i really liked is uh, a team being penalized for slow over rates and uh, uh, the reason is that like mm. you know teams they bowl pretty Uh, slowly in the first two sessions and then they kind of cover up in the last session and that's when you know it kind of gets to drag down and uh, but in all in all uh, it is a fantastic initiative taken up by the icc uh, it's still a two year cycle so we need to see where this goes and they would definitely get some feedback from all the cap 
captains and you know the umpires and all the other uh, stakeholders and to improve upon it in the next cycle and uh, the the main thing i would uh, like to also highlight is the viewership which is very which is diminishing day by day for test cricket uh, except for a couple of countries like england and australia and uh, because of the context of every test match you will get a better viewership when people as an audience they know that there is always something that they are playing for and uh, there is always something to lose if if they lose a test match so that kind of uh, uh, interest would uh, come alive in 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 the people's minds and it's very necessary to uh, get that interest back to keep the test cricket alive yeah means in in my opinion as i said before like this is probably the best format of the game means i like the test because you need you need really need good strategies uh, for the test match like i consider test match as like slow chess right uh, you play over the over the period of 5 days means another good part about yep. test match is uh, you have an, another opportunity to come back to the game uh, even if you mess up in the first inning or so on um, and then time is definitely something that uh, is not of a concern but you are constantly also like monitoring the time too so all in all uh, as i said like this is probably in my opinion the best format of the game uh, as you said like the viewership is definitely uh, an advantage for this kind of world test championship especially for the countries like caribbean right so in caribbean like two decades ago uh, like the, the cricket rest cricket is actually at a different level right now uh, it is more towards uh, like limited over t20 format and not too much on the mm-hmm. test so this will also help to motivate young cricketers who wants to get into the cricket in general so all in all amazing initiative um, and hopefully this turns out to be a successful project by icc so now like while while we're discussing the test championship like who do you think in in your opinion right now would Uh, would take uh, on each other at the finals i think in my opinion the way it is moving and based on like uh, recent past uh, performance i would say probably it would be india versus australia but what do you think based on uh, current form i would go for india yes uh, because they are playing quite consistently at the moment but it's a two year cycle so it's going to be there are going to be lots of ups and downs some defeat some uh, wins and some draws so it uh, it's going to be exciting and the other other team uh, i'm a little bit uh, confused between england and australia but probably go towards australia simply because uh, they have uh, a very good uh, bunch of fast bowlers who are being looked after very well uh, like their workload uh, workload wise and uh, the you need uh, 20 wickets to win a test match and uh, they they do have a good uh, fast bowling attack to support that thing so i i would say as well india and australia but you know you cannot count anybody out because uh, teams like uh, new zealand are there and uh, who are good in their home conditions and england uh, no, not to forget england so i think it's going to be uh, it's not going to be easy Uh, going for any team to go to the get to that final but uh, definitely india and australia are top of the pack uh, 
Anish, coming back uh, to this uh, ICC Test Championship, uh, I wanted to ask one question to you. So, as we know, it's going to be played over a two-year cycle. And uh, so, the final played at Lords uh, between the top two teams. And uh, what do you think of that? Meaning, like, do you think that the final should be played in the home ground of the team uh, topping the charts? Or how do you think, like, India and Australia being played at Lords and... Uh, do you sound that? Do you think that it's a little bit odd, and maybe the ICC could have rethought that uh, strategy of hosting the final? I think, in my opinion, first of all, like if you are actually playing World Test Championship, uh, I would not decide basically the champions or the finalists based on like one test match, right? Uh, I would mm-hmm. rather actually play like a three test series. Uh, which is typically been experienced at Australia for one day series. So that is basically best of three uh, for the final. So that's what, in my opinion, would be the ideal way to decide the finalists. Another way to look at it, like say, if that is the route that uh, ICC is going with, then I would say okay. probably the advantage should be given to uh, whosoever is topping the table uh, would probably be playing two matches at their nation and then one match at other nation of course like one of the biggest thing is the logistic so from the logistic standpoint mm-hmm. of view if they need to actually schedule everything like two years in advance then in, and and if it is it is just one test that they have to kind of schedule then i think probably the lords is the right option or the right choice like such an iconic ground, such an history associated with the ground. And if uh, we need to have that venue sealed well in advance, then I don't think of any other other venue than Lords for that final. Fair point. Yep. So, like, moving from World Test Championship to India's current Test Series. So, definitely India is actually one of the strongest nation when it comes to the Test side. Like India's past record before the World Test Championship is phenomenal. Like Virat Kohli as a captain for the Test side is completely different uh, as as compared to the limited over captaincy. And I think uh, it probably has something to do with the strategies, the time that has been allocated to kind of come up with some decision and also the quality of the side that he has when it comes to the test side. So considering all that, uh, I think India is uh, doing fairly well for that uh, current test uh, championship. They are actually, they haven't lost the test match yet. And they are leading the current uh, South Africa series by 1-0. Now let's get into the details of our Indian side or um, like for the test side, especially for this South Africa series. So, like, we all know that KL Rahul is not uh, included in the side, which is quite obvious and, like, quite digestible selection. Like, uh, he has been given a lot of opportunities thus far. uh, And I think uh, he hasn't uh, proved that consistently, considering all the opportunities. So, I think I'm pretty satisfied. No more discussion needed on KL's exclusion for the squad. Now... Like Mike Agarwal, I think, again, we don't need to discuss much. He has performed phenomenal 
uh, in the fastest. Uh, of course, second uh, second inning was not that great, but uh, such a great inning in the first uh, first inning against South Africa in the first Test match. Uh, again in West Indies, also he was uh, uh, quite uh, quite phenomenal too. Uh, of course, like the expectation was much better from him. Now another another interesting take is Rohit. Now, boy, he did not disappoint us at all, right? Like, uh, yep. he was given an opportunity to open the side. And uh, here we have Rohit Sharma with, like, two centuries, both in both, both the innings uh, uh, for this particular test match as an opener. So, that's uh, that's amazing, uh, amazing decision. Now, like, we have Shubman Gill on the side, right? So the question is whether you would give him an opportunity to play, and if so, at what position? And then Prithvi saw we know that he's actually out of sight right now, but he will be back uh, soon. So at that particular time, how would you go about on your opening? You would actually go with Mayank and Rohit, uh, as now they have actually given us some positive results, or you would actually try out few more things and give opportunity somebody like uh, Shubman Gill at top uh, and Prithvi So, what's your take on overall opening slot? So, first of all, Anish, I would like to congratulate Mayank Agarwal on his first uh, double century, which is also uh-huh. his first century in his career. Yep. And uh, so, for the opening slot, uh, just one stat that came out in 2019. So, there hasn't been a worse year than 2019 in Test Match Cricket for opening batsmen. But uh, tell that to Rohit Sharma, who just scored around 300 runs in the first test. <laughs> uh, so take, take take nothing away from Rohit. Like he's a wonderful batsman. But uh, yeah, so but red ball cricket is a completely different uh, ball game, where you know you have to be good technically to play off some very tough periods uh, against some quality bowlers. So I was a little bit uh, disappointed that they took Rohit uh, as an opener. Uh, because, uh, like, you know, there are so many people in domestic cricket who are banging the door of the selectors that, hey, take me in. But they they took Rohit. But it, it worked, right, in the first test. And let's see how he plays in the next two. Uh, I want to judge Rohit based on not just home series, but also on series uh, where it's played abroad on more uh, on pitches that are more conducive for uh, bowlers. Uh, as far as uh, Shubman Gill and Prithvi Shaw is concerned, I want to be very clear about it. So I want them to be uh, more focused on domestic cricket because they are very young at this point of time. And uh, okay, they should be given some chance in the A tours to give them international exposure. But uh, I would want them to go through the hard grind of uh, domestic cricket, you know, and then like put on the runs, go the traditional way. Uh, because you see, you take the example of Mayank Agarwal and Cheteshwar Pujara. So they, they have gone that same route, you know, they have played so many seasons mm-hmm. in domestic cricket and then piled on the runs and then they are totally different when it comes to international cricket and they directly perform. So uh, the downside would be like if you take Gil and uh, Prithvi Shaw directly into the main side, right? And then they don't perform for say a series and then they are shown the door uh, immediately, because there are this Rohit uh, still there, there is Vayank uh, Agrawal also there, and then they say, hey, because of competition, you have to go back to domestic cricket, which they should have done in the first place. So, being fair to Gil and Prithvi, uh, I think they should be more concentrating on 
playing more domestic cricket for a couple of seasons before actually coming into the national side on a regular basis for kl rahul as you said i don't really think that uh, he should have been picked which was correct and uh, uh, yeah i think mayank agrawal is uh, as as you definitely said uh, uh, it's uh, he's been playing well even in the first debut series in australia he played uh, some uh, good innings as well mm-hmm. so i w- i would stick to uh, mayank agrawal the guy who i want to bring in is somebody called uh, abhimanyu ishwaran and uh, he's uh, having the same blueprint like uh, mayank agrawal scoring runs in domestic cricket i would probably want him to be given a go uh, probably say in the test series against bangladesh uh, at least the whole series uh, and uh, uh, but like for gil and prithvi show i am against them being in the national side at this point of time so like i think you pointed out couple of good points like going back to rohit like as you said like uh, subcontinent is probably not the right place to judge him right uh, it means as you said like yeah. the red ball cricket is completely different game altogether you need to be sound in technique you need to play those uh, crucial periods especially the morning sessions or uh, when you get the new ball right uh, yes. um, so i think uh, once uh, once he will actually prove himself outside subcontinent that's when i would probably say that yeah he probably should be our first choice when it comes to opening because to me the age is also a factor right so he has very few overs left in his international careers uh, where you would you would think that you would rather give him more chances being an experienced player or basically groom couple of young talented players so that's where that's where my dilemma is so moving mm-hmm. from opening slot to middle order means middle order for us is uh, very strong and as means like we would be wasting our time to discuss anything or even like changing or 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 anything about the middle order like we have pujara kohli and rahane and it's a tried and tested uh, trio for the test cricket and it's a core of indian batting so do you want to add anything on the middle order though Uh, not really yeah, i think uh, pujara and rahane as you said they are our test match specialists and they are batting at the exact position where they need to and is complemented with kohli who is uh, uh, like a stroke maker as well as with a good technique so we have a mix of somebody who can you know uh, uh, like uh, take the shine off the ball and you know play a defensive innings as well as somebody who can attack in kohli so it's the perfect trio for the middle order i don't think there is any need to chop and change on this side of uh, or this part of the side so before we get into the lower middle order like another discussion which is kind of a talk of town is pant versus saha right so for the first test match saha was part of the playing 11 um i think i was bit surprised by that selection uh, not that i'm promoting pant but i think probably pant is a better test uh, Uh, option as opposed to saha considering his past uh, uh, performances i think saha is definitely better keeper no no doubt about it no discussion about that uh, that is the one area that pant needs to improve upon like what i am more frustrated about is pant's performance in the limited over games and that's where uh, his his position is bit uh, debatable bit questionable but in but i would at least 
uh, hope that uh, team management would give Pant a chance for the second and third test. But what's your take uh, on Pant versus Saha discussion? Based on our previous podcast, Anish, I think you would already know that I'm not a big fan of Rishabh Pant, <laughs> mainly because like uh, he's. Uh, yeah he doesn't have the i still think he doesn't have the temperament uh, for playing uh, sensibly i think it's a little oh. bit uh, too direct and too harsh but i think it's more on more than few of a occasions we have already seen that sort of uh, uh, a glitch from him when it has really hurt the team and uh, okay pant he's young he's a he's a talent but you know you cannot always go based on talent he, you have to go based on performances and they both have to complement each other uh, saha uh, given test cricket i think he's the most ideest uh, wicket keeper around in india uh, he's a pretty decent batsman as well and uh, given uh, the uneven bounce and you know the tricky uh, wicket keeping challenges that come on indian pitches uh, saha uh, won't miss too many opportunities and uh, pant sometimes you know like he might drop a catch or he might uh, throw his wicket away while batting and that might really uh, hurt uh, uh, the team in the long run if somebody goes on to play a big play a big innings for his drop catch then it's going to really uh, make a big difference in the in the test match so uh, for for the tests uh, for the current uh, scenario i think saha should be in the team in place of pant and uh, pant has some time to reflect upon uh, you know like why what is the actual reason he is not playing what he needs to work on uh, he needs to take more responsibility play uh, for the more for the team and uh, and then once he gets that mental clog out of his head that's when he should uh, uh, then be taken in say for uh, uh, the series against uh, bangladesh uh, Uh, where uh, he should be he can be given a chance in all the tests and see how he can perform from there on so bottom line is uh, uh, saha is the better keeper in test cricket according to me uh, for team india and uh, he is in the team which is something that i totally agree upon since one thing one thing that you have pointed out is like keeping could be actually challenging uh, at india right like this a flat uh, spinning t- uh, tracks where you yes. need a strong keeper so one thing that i was also thinking about is what if bcci would actually have this little bit of a rotating policy where uh, pant would be kind of our first choice of keeper uh, outside a subcontinent like uh, places like australia england or new zealand and saha yeah. could be probably our first choice when it comes to indian test matches where uh keeping like keeping the wickets for spinners could be more challenging so that's another angle to look at it uh especially like if you look at uh, pants record for last england series as well as australia series that was phenomenal of course like he has to be more uh, consistent but other than that i think that's what might take it that's so now getting into the lower middle order so like we have Usaver would be keeping. We have Vihari. Uh, we have potentially an option for Hardik Pandya, who is not playing against South Africa series. Is been rested. Uh, uh, and then uh, probably Jadeja and Ashwin. So that's probably our lower middle order. Uh, and I think that Vihari is probably a good choice. He has actually uh, performed well thus far. 
uh so he is definitely our first choice in that lower middle order uh means whoever would be keeping as i said and then um, jadeja and ashwin both actually provides a good strength when it comes to the lower middle order batting so what's your take on the lower middle order though i think uh, vihari is good but i would still want uh, uh, to leave my judgment for uh, a few series away from home like you said and uh, uh, saha is there uh, we already discussed on saha and uh, jadeja ashwin well they 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 do increase our lower order batting uh, depth uh, i think uh, for uh, coming back to vihari uh, there are almost a, a lot of his critics were telling that uh, he's uh, made runs in with west indies against a relatively weak bowling attack but uh, take nothing away from him because uh, he did uh, still uh, make uh, quite useful contributions on that tour uh, and uh, i still want to see how he's going to play in uh, swinging conditions especially uh, and when you know it's uh, uh, the going is tough and you have to play out some very very uh, tough bowling spells from good bowlers uh, as far as uh, hardik is concerned uh, uh, first of all like he he just got his uh, back surgery lower back surgery done so i wish him uh, a very quick recovery uh, but uh, i think he should be rested for this whole uh, home season at least for the test series even if he gets uh, uh, fit which i doubt he will because it will take some time uh, he should be our uh, seam bowling all rounder for away series where you need somebody who can uh, complement the fast bowlers and bowl seam up and make use of those conditions mm-hmm. so i would probably mostly use hardik in uh, away series where you need an extra fast bowler uh, i would uh, probably play jadeja as the lone spinner in away series uh, because of his uh, uh, line to line uh, like wicket to wicket uh, capability plus i still think that uh, ashwin's batting has diminished a little bit and uh, jadeja's batting has gone up so that that gives jadeja an edge for foreign tours as far as uh, lo- uh, as far as uh, indian uh, conditions are concerned uh, both jadeja and uh, Ashwin should be there to play some lower order batting strength. Yeah, I think uh, it's uh, uh, it's it's a little bit of dice situation. Like you know, you also said uh, Shubman Gill is in the ranks, whether to give him a chance in the lower order. But uh, I don't really see him coming in at this point of time uh, to you know kind of kick Vihari out unless he really has a, a dreadful. dreadful season yeah i mean so one thing that i was thinking about shubman gill especially for this current south africa series so like you have him in the your squad of 15 right so means it would be unfair for him not to get an opportunity to play any test match uh, for this particular series so like definitely we are 1-0 mm-hmm. up uh, next match is coming up at pune so once we have a better creep on that second test match uh, against south africa i would want shubman gill in our playing 11 to see uh, like how he he is performing and then like we know vihari is definitely our choice for the lower middle order right so you can actually rest him and and get shubman gill up on the order or like uh, uh, maybe one of the openers uh, 
uh, would probably play down uh, and then uh, shubman gill to open the uh, open the batting for us so couple of things to think about uh, now mm-hmm. moving from the lower middle order to spin so i think spin not too much of a discussion for home series definitely you need jadeja and ashwin in kuldeep is there as a backup uh, spinner uh, but i think one thing that i want to ask you specifically on the spin uh, side is who would be the first choice of spinner between jadeja and ashwin uh both at home uh, as well as away series uh that's a pretty pretty tough question anish i think uh, uh, as far as home is concerned uh, i would play both and uh, uh, everybody was saying that uh, ashwin has a very very good record at uh, uh, at home but uh, if you look at jadeja's stats he has an equally good record at home and yep. uh, he has uh, almost contributed on the same level as ashwin probably a little bit more with the bat uh, scoring some crucial runs uh, down the order mm-hmm. uh, so uh, for a series i go with uh, ravindra jadeja as the sp- uh, frontline spinner uh, uh, and uh, you know uh, one thing we have forgotten about ravindra jadeja is he's probably the best fielder in the indian side no That matter even if it is if it is test cricket it still will make some a uh, difference uh, with some uh, odd run out or the great catch you know uh, so it's uh, uh, i would say you know the uh, the 3d 3d thing you know <laughs> uh, from uh, apathi okay. rai i would probably come to jadeja like he can uh, play the frontline spinner he can also bat you know lower order with some crucial contribution and field uh, so he's a new uh, 3d player for india in test cricket abroad but as far as uh, uh, playing at home is concerned uh, unless uh, you know you have uh, Uh, a seeming track which i hardly doubt india is going to prepare that at home uh, i would uh, i would always go in with uh, jadeja and ashwin it's very difficult to say who is the better one or who is going to start first i would have uh, uh, both of them in my team if you want to edge uh, on another way based on the opposition depending how many left handers they have yep, how many right handers they yep. have yeah then probably i would in uh, home conditions i would then judge based on that if uh, who is going to be uh, a confirmed starter if you have more right handers i would probably go for uh, jadeja and if you have more left handers i would go for uh, for ashwin because of you know the angle of the ball yep. going away from them and those variations yep. so yeah that would be my take on both of them means like to add on to what you just said like uh, another another thing i don't know whether you actually noticed but like uh, on the second inning of uh, south africa test uh, ashwin and Jared, so on the on the day four there were like nine overs to play with and uh, we had the new ball and you would imagine all nine ballers were actually split between ashwin and jadeja so they are that good at uh, indian condition uh, as the first choice sometimes like uh, in front of like above your uh, face attack uh, to get the new ball now another angle to look at it is like say jadeja right so mm-hmm. i don't know whether you also notice on the second inning of india ba- indians batting uh, i think jadeja actually came at number 5 uh, right after virat or something uh, and the idea was again like he 
not only can actually score runs he can actually score runs very fast so which mm-hmm. is which is pretty much uh, the requirement uh, for india if you look at the history like in last couple of years is what we need for the second inning uh, that that one session where you need somebody who can actually score fast and that's where jadeja can yeah, be that- really handy so like considering those mm-hmm. point and considering like uh, opposition like uh, as you said like uh, how many left handed batsmen right handed batsmen we can make the call so it probably it's going to be a bit of a fluid decision uh, moving forward in my opinion too so coming to the pace attack uh, means one thing that i was really missing on the uh, first inning of south africa right when they actually literally scored almost close to 450 or like close to our our uh, first uh, inning score and i was like uh, thinking that don't we miss bumrah here uh, of course he injured <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, he would be kind of a lethal weapon uh, in our pace attack but i think uh, sharma and shami actually did uh, phenomenal uh, bumrah got injured so umesh yadav is actually uh, got in the side at his place but what's your take on the pace attack so if we have a choice of two pace uh, pace bowlers and we took uh, ishan sharma and shami in the first test would you just go with tried and tested uh, uh, pace attack of ishan and shami or would you give an opportunity to somebody like umesh yadav uh, for the coming coming test matches so jaspreet bumrah was definitely uh, he was missed and uh, but uh, you have to give credit to ishant and shami for bowling the way they did on on that pitch uh, especially the second innings by mohammad shami where he took a fifer mm-hmm. uh, he he's that sort of a bowler who enjoys bowling when you know when the pitch is uh, uneven because he bowls wicket to wicket and at at good pace and the, if the batsman's footwork is not good neither front nor back he's going to have uh, uh, he's going to get a lot of wickets so clean bowl like you saw for babuma's yep. wicket as well as five uh, to places wicket uh, i would for the second test uh, i would still stick to ishant and uh, uh, mohammad shami i wouldn't give umesh yadav a chance yet <laughs> let us have the series in the bag and then probably give a chance <laughs> to umesh uh, and uh, even though umesh is there uh, i would still want somebody uh, new uh, somebody like navdeep saini to uh, to get uh, a chance to bowl in uh, in one of the in the home series one of the tests or one of the series uh, in addition to umesh and i would pro- go for umesh only if uh, one of uh, ishant or shami is injured so it's pretty straightforward for me that umesh doesn't really make the cut to displace uh, Sh- sharma or shami in the first choice playing 11 uh, and uh, as you know umesh does have the express pace uh, to trouble batsman on uh, indian pitches but he is not that consistent in line and length like ishan sharma and uh, umesh uh, and uh, sorry mohammad shami to put the pressure on the batsman so yeah umesh doesn't really make the cut for me That's a great insight Nikhil. We would like to conclude our episode here. Thanks for tuning in and listening to the episode. We are looking forward to bringing some great episodes in coming months. So thank you for listening and goodbye.